everybody. This is Think Global. Welcome back to this monthly podcast where we talk about the world. John, nice to see you again, buddy. Nice to see you. Good to be back. All right. Here we are. It's the month of June, and uh, we have already had a great Memorial Day celebration uh, across this country. And uh, that is actually the official start of summer. Yeah. Well, yeah. not official on the calendar, but official for everybody's lives. Culturally official. Culturally official. <laughs> like now it's pool time, beach time, hiking, running. Uh, kids are out of school, so a lot's going on in the lives of everybody. Anyway, uh, this is Think Global, where we do believe that the world is our home, where strangers become our friends and friends become family. So uh, that's what this is all about, John. And uh, what have we been doing the last several months? Well, I think we've been in a really fun series. So if you've missed it, feel free to go back and check out the last two episodes. But we're looking at what community looks like around the world. So how people live together in community, how they live with their friends, how they do things, what they do. And so uh, we did an episode looking at the country of China and what community looks like in China. We did an episode um, in Iraq, looking at what communities looks like in Iraq. And in each episode, we're interviewing people who live in these countries. Um, Americans, North Americans, living in these countries, and they're kind of this insider-outsider view. They're an outsider, but they get an inside view of what community what community looks right. like. Yeah, and so it's there we get to we get to look at the communities of the world through yeah. their eyes and how their hearts perceive it and what they enjoy. And by the way, the reason we're doing this is uh, this is a great way for us to learn about community here. Sometimes we get stuck in a rut and we really uh, so often in North America we don't have real community. So this kind of opens our eyes. This is a chance for parents to create a different kind of of community within the context of their families or even in our friendships. Um, Community helps us share uh, values that are global with people who are here. So it takes us beyond the boundaries of our neighborhood, um, outside of the boundaries of our cities where we live, uh, even outside of this country. And so I think it's just a great learning experience for us. It's something that we can share uh, on a global scale. So uh, we're excited about that. So tell yeah. us who's on our uh, podcast today, John. Yeah, I'm really excited. We have our friend Audrey with us today, and she lives out in the countryside of Mongolia. So outside the big city, um, out where it's quite rural. So I'm really excited to hear what she has to say about community in Mongolia. So Audrey, say hi and uh, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. I'm excited to get to talk about Mongolia. Yeah, I mean, and it's late at night, early morning here, late at night there. Like, what time is it there? It's 9.45. 9.45. So you were 14 hours ahead of us there. We're glad you stayed awake for us. And um, yeah, you're literally on the other side of the world. Mongolia, by the way. Uh, often described as the uh, the land at the end of the earth. I mean, it's like it's way out there. Um, it's it's up there near Siberia, above China. By the way, um, look it up on the map. Show your kids where Mongolia is. It's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know how you would describe it, Audrey. I've always thought of it as just it's the wild, wild west. It's this final frontier. It may be the final frontier on the globe. I mean, I don't know anywhere else. Okay, let's maybe Antarctica, but nobody goes there. But you know, but it's this final frontier of the world, which it, it's a really cool place. You have a lot of history there, Tim. Yes, I've been there several times. Obviously, Audrey lives there, so this could be a really fun conversation, right. mixing in a lot of our 
experiences, but mostly mostly Audrey's because she has way more than all of us combined. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So, so one, of, one of the things you need to know, folks, about uh, Mongolia, you're going to hear this from, from Audrey, and that is that um, uh, Mongolia is known for hospitality. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people are hospitable mm-hmm. with each other. Uh, and the reality is... Um, uh, hospitality is necessary there because everyone's going to need someone to welcome them in mm. at one time in their life, at least. Eventually, you're going to have to have a friend there. And uh, and so hospitality has just become a way of life. Hey, real quick, Audrey, can you give us a little bit of a, you know, just vague um, uh, introduction to Mongolia? Um, I mean, Mongolia is, uh, it's, it's a pretty large landmass, but there's not a ton of people there. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it, it is a huge, it's a big country, um, but there's only about 3 million people that live here, um, which is not a lot at all. I know that probably people who live in China are thinking like, that's an extremely small city here yeah. or something. <laughs> that's across the whole, whole country here. Yeah. Um, and half of those people actually now, over half of those people live in the capital city. Um, I lived there for three years, um, and then I've also had the opportunity to live out west and then also in the countryside where I live now, which is also out west, but a little bit closer. And so um, there's more livestock here than there are people. Um, There's lots of of animals, lots of vast, like vast um, kind of just there's so much land here. Absolutely. Like you can look out for miles and miles and miles and not see another person or thing. <laughs> right. And uh, by the way, um, Mongolia has like an incredible history. Like they conquered back under uh, Chinggis Khan. They they conquered what most of the known world at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think they still have the biggest, if not or one of the biggest, if not the biggest, um, kingdoms of all time. So yeah. Wow. Which is crazy to think about, right? Yeah. The, the Mongols. And by the way, that's why we have the Great Wall of China, is that uh, that was built to keep uh, the Mongols out, yeah. um, the barbarians. So anyway, so there's just a lot of history there that people are not aware of when it comes to uh, just what goes on in the world and uh, and the vastness of that kingdom at one time it spread across much of Asia and Europe so kind of a cool kind of a cool history there yeah Let, let's jump in let's start with that hospitality factor that Tim was talking about I want to start there and give us an example of how you've experienced that hospitality and then how would you describe Mongolian hospitality what yeah what experiences do you have with that I know I have some from my personal experience Tim I know you do for sure but from living there, how have the local people shown you hospitality? Um, I think that I have more hospitality stories than I could possibly tell <laughs> on this podcast. Um, people are constantly um, just helping take care of me and also each other. Mm. So it's not something that's just limited to the foreign community. Um, this is something that's deeply ingrained um, in their culture and their communities, the people around them are very, very important to, um, to them. And so, um, I mean, I have countless stories of being sick and friends taking care of me, or, um, I think one story that, so I used to, um, last year I lived with Mongolians actually. So I had mm-hmm. five Mongolian mates. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, there was six girls living in a three bedroom apartment. Wow. Um, I was the only foreigner group. 
Um, and I think that that year, even though before that, um, I had experienced so much hospitality, I think that year in particular was incredible for me to see just how far, um, or just how important community is to people. Um, like even things of going to the grocery store, like you just don't do alone, you know, like if I was going to the grocery store, someone was always coming with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't even a safety thing. It wasn't a, um, it was just like, we, we do things together. That's, that's what we do as we do things together. Um, and so, yeah, that's just one example of countless others. And I mean, I have stories and my teammates have stories of getting sick and Mongolian friends coming to bring, um, I remember when I was living out West and, uh, it was when COVID first, I was, so it was 2020, um, I had just gotten back from Thailand and we came back and one of our, one of my good friends, her mom came with a huge bag of horse meat, um, because it's supposed to just kind of like make you tough and help you like stay healthy. But just like the the thought that they were like thinking of us and being like, Oh, like this, you know, that was, it was still early to 2020. And so like, Oh, this, this virus is in the world. We all need to be eating horse meat to stay healthy. And just like that kind of like us, us being part of that community is a big yeah. deal. That's cool. Yeah. They'd love taking care of us, don't they? Yes. They really absolutely. do. Yeah. Hey, so I got a question. Like, so how, you know, as an outsider, as a foreigner there, um, mm-hmm. when you look at the Mongolian people and, and their community, I mean, like, what is it that they do together that would be very, would stand in stark contrast to who we are? Like, you know, we drive home, park in our garage, that's it. We've got fences. Um, and that's our world. I mean, so like what stands in contrast to our kind of lifestyle with the Mongolians as you watch them and how they get along and what they do to build community? Hmm. Um, I think something that I've noticed, um, especially among, um, once again, I guess I'll just reference my roommates from last year, but they constantly made sure everyone was included and involved. Um, if someone was there who was maybe a little bit more shy or, um, if there was a new person, people were just extremely intentional with that person. Um, and if there were plans that were made, um, they wanted to include everyone Hmm. in those plans. Hmm. People were just extremely, it didn't matter who you were or if you were very different. Um, like I think that's another contrast of watching Mongolians. It doesn't really matter um, how different people seem from each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe like maybe in maybe the American mindset, we kind of um, like, I don't know. It's just people, people don't have these, um, these kind of barriers of, Oh, you look different than me or your style is very different or what you do is very different or, your um, like how wealthy your family may or may or may not be is very different. People are just extremely like welcoming and want people to feel included in what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting because a lot, I think a lot of our friendships are based on what we have in common mm-hmm. versus just the fact that we're people, yeah. right? Like, you know, people, uh, I, I don't know if it's how we raise our families or whatever it is, but there is that natural, we create barriers based on wealth or based on um, even gender sometimes or age sometimes or 
um, you know, status in life, your academic um, accomplishments or whatever, it does create, we create barriers and yeah. it determines who we kind of hang with. And so, you know, that's great to hear. It's refreshing to hear that across the line, just because we're people, there is community. That's a yeah. That's a cool factor. Yeah, and I, and I assume you noticed that as a foreigner there, right? Like, what are some ways that you noticed that they welcomed you in, and was that difficult to get? You know, thinking back when you first moved there, I know you've lived there for a number of years, but thinking back when you first arrived, or maybe when you first moved to a new place because you've lived in a few different places, like, what's it like to be welcomed into the local community, and um, how do they bring you into their world? Yeah, I think. I think in the same way, people are extreme, like they are, I mean, like you guys have said, extremely hospitable. And I have always, I mean, so I moved to Mongolia in 2017 and I met one of my closest Mongolian friends who we're still close to this day. The very first week I was in Mongolia Mm. and was not like, I was not like, oh, how am I going to make friends? Like, how am I, um, you know, going to build a community here. It was like, people were so eager, um, eager to make friendships. They, um, are very open-minded people. So they love, I I think that's also something that makes them really like to interact with foreigners is that they really do. Um, like I find that there's not a ton of topics that are off limits. People are very lighthearted for the most part. Um, if you are, uh, if you're in a group of Mongolians, you will, you will hear laughter. Like people are very, very uh easy to get, easy to get along with like right. very easy not serious people like everyone is joking and uh wants wants people to be a part of it and so i i just remember i mean i still have friendships that i made my very first year that i carry out to this day and i i mean i would even say for my friendships it's like transitioned from me talking about like oh my best friend in mongolia to simply just Oh wait, just she's kind of just my best friend. Mm-hmm. Period. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Just really genuine and um, really welcoming. I think Mongolians try hard. Yeah, yeah. They, they actually do try hard. And um, and and both of you know this, but uh, we have a our oldest son lived there for four years, and um, it uh, you know it's it's something where. People initiated friendships with him, even to the point that um, uh, a, a friend, a Mongolian friend of ours, who's more our age, kind of like adopted him and like, mm-hmm. he's our son. We've got him. We're going to take care of him. And I'm sure that's what you've experienced in your friendships um, uh, so much is that um, people, they're going to take care of you. They're committed to you. Um, and it's often a a lifelong thing. Yeah. You said something very interesting, Audrey, and, and I, you, you talked about the uh, Mongolians being lighthearted and there's a lot of laughter. Also, if I recall correctly, having been there many, many, many times, um, they love singing together. <laughs> uh, they just, they love to enjoy life. And I would say from our world perspective, we would look at where they live and the hardships of where they live. Like mm-hmm. Ulaanbaatar is the coldest capital in the world. Uh, you know, you've got uh, cold smoke and smog in the air in the wintertime. You've got so many things that we would say, oh man, that's that's hardship. That's tough. And, uh, and yet they tend to be a happy people, don't they? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, the 
um, as rough as the weather condition is here and the environment is here. Um, and it very much is, and it is very difficult. Um, people, um, and they, they appear very hard. I think maybe from the outside. And I think a lot of them, they are very tough people. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are very lighthearted. Um, they love joking. Um, they love, like, I think, um, I think I get along very well with them because I love, uh, joking around. And so it's, uh, yeah, just a really great connecting point. It's, I would say they're, they're not difficult people to get to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I was thinking about, um, actually I was thinking about it this morning on my drive in is like, how do you identify what brings a community together in different places? So what I was thinking about was I'm going to give context and then ask you the question is, like in Colorado, a lot of community where we live, a lot of community is derived from outdoor activity. So people come around and what do they do for fun? They they go hiking or they go biking or they go running. A lot of outdoor activity in Colorado. Audrey, where you and I are from in the southeast of the U.S., a lot of community is around sports, particularly college football, right? Like that's where community is found. So in Mongolia, what what are some things that they do for fun that brings people together? I think that can give us some good insight into how community is developed. I think food would be the very first thing that comes to <laughs> eating together. I think that that's the, the first thing that um, I think of when I think of people just coming together on a casual day, people do actually, they do love big parties. They love, um, they do love drinking and they love singing songs. They love dances. They love these things, but on a more, I would say normal, consistent basis, um, food is a huge, um, a huge thing. And I think that there's always, there's this mentality of like, there's always room for more. There's always room for more people. Um, and yeah, food is a, do they cook together or is it just like restaurants or is it cooking too? I think it's kind of both. I wouldn't say that people cook together, but they eat together. Mm. So maybe one or two people would cook. Um, and then having people just eat together though is, is a big deal. People do go to restaurants though, especially, I feel like, especially in the past, um, maybe few years, uh, that's become more and more popular for people to go out, especially Korean restaurants, Korean restaurants much more popular. Interesting. All right. So a question with the food part, you're, you're driving through the countryside and people need to understand like in Mongolia, you got the city where most of the population live in Ulaanbaatar. Um, and then you've got these countryside towns and villages and, um, and vast uh, miles between each one. And then you've come upon a gear uh, in the middle of nowhere, or maybe a cluster of gears. This is where a family or several families are living and they're surrounded by their sheep and their horses and their goats. Um, grazing on grass that doesn't look like it exists, and um, and you walk and you need help, they're going to feed you. What would they feed you like? I mean, they're probably not going to cook anything immediately, but they're going to feed you something. What is it going to be? Oh, it's for sure going to be some sort of dairy product mm-hmm. if it's something that they just have readily available. Um, so there's a lot of, they'll probably give you tea. They'll give you milk tea, yes. um, which is not sweet. So they actually put salt in it. Yes. which I think when people first come to Mongolia is a little bit of a shock, um, but I have grown to really like it. Huh. Uh, so they'll give you probably some milk tea and then they'll offer you some dairy products, like some curd, um, maybe some yogurt. Um, and it's pretty 
tart and sour and the taste is uh, it's not usually people's favorite, but I really like it. I yeah. think it just depends. Your taste, it is very strong. Right. And that's what they're going to have just on hand to offer right. you. And it's uh, all of that stuff, by the way, is an acquired taste is what I would say. Sure. Naturally, it's not going to be tasty to our palates. But hey, and even once in a while at the right time of the year, you're traveling along and they're going to have some fermented mare's milk for you. Like that's horse yeah. mare mare's milk that's fermented which is kind of crazy right yeah have you acquired a taste for that you know i have not (laughs) (laughs) that's that's one of those things i actually don't have very often um and it is i mean just so tart i mean stinging your tongue tart (laughs) yes wow (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a very real kind of drink there so anyway so uh hey maybe one or two last questions wedding is big deals there how are how do you celebrate a wedding there i mean like it's a big big community affair right or um it is so i even think of so i have lived among mongolians and also among kazakhs i'm out west and i think out west weddings are a little bit of a bigger deal um, weddings in UB are a big deal. Um, but I would say, uh, yeah, people will, um, so, sometimes they will just live together and say that they're married and never actually have a wedding. So I think even with more of an influence into Western culture, weddings have become a little bit more popular. Right. Um, but if, you know, I mean, so many people would say like, oh, this is my husband or this is my wife and have never actually had any sort of ceremony or right. any such thing. Whereas in Kazakh culture out West, that's definitely not the case. It would be a ginormous festival. And <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, it would, that's very different. Yeah. Right. In, in a lot of cultures, a, a wedding is a, is an excuse to get everybody together. What, what are the excuses that they have in Mongolia to get everybody together? I mean, you mentioned they'll, they'll come around food for any reason, but what are some of the reasons they get together? Yeah. So I would think of the two biggest holidays um, here. So, which is going to be the uh, Lunar New Year. So it's the Gansar and also Natam and Natam's in the summertime, also summertime in general, summertime (laughs) in the countryside, like, People want to get out of the city. They want to be in the countryside and for almost any reason. So, I mean, whether they're camping, having a picnic, celebrating Nadam, which is a celebration of the like three manly sports, um, according to Mongolian culture, which is wrestling, archery and horseback riding. Mm. So people will have big festivals um, around these holidays. You'll go out and watch all of these different events and um, do things like that. But I would say definitely um summertime people really like they take long breaks from their work mm-hmm. and they get out of the city and that is really important to them mm-hmm. yeah the countryside's a big deal there so to be able to get out there and plus after it rains or snows sometime in june um man alive things the next day are absolutely green everywhere mm-hmm before they turn brown again. Then they yeah. get some more rain. So, hey, Audrey, I'm going to put you on the spot here at the very, very, very end here because we're going to wrap this up. But Okay, so like I've often described um, Mongolia as a national geographic kind of country. Like literally it is like everything from the horses they ride to the gears that they live in to the countryside to the beauty. I mean, there's just so much about it. It's 
Uh, it's the northernmost desert. It's the southernmost permafrost country. So it has a blend of both of those things, the coldest capital. Um, it, there's so much going on in Mongolia. So like if you're a travel agent trying to take people to Mongolia, like give us your appeal. Like why would we want to visit Mongolia? I mean, what is it that's, that's worth a journey to get there? Yeah, it's, it is definitely a journey to get here. Um, but I think, I mean, I think that it just feels incredibly untouched in so many ways. I think it feels incredibly peaceful, especially in the countryside. Um, it is a very diverse country. Um, like there's desert, there's mountains, there's, I mean, yes, it's all very cold, but there is all of these things. Um, and I think, especially if people are interested in history. Um, there is just incredible, incredible history here um, and incredible people to tell those stories as well. And so I think that that's um, a huge thing that maybe people don't always always get. I think a lot of tourists come to see the big mountains out West, which are amazing. People should go there. Um, but I think that uh, spending some time to kind of sit and, understand more of the history of Mongolia is really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's near Siberia. It's above Russia. It is an incredible country. It's one of those places where people need to go before it's too late because it is, it's really untouched in many ways, as you just uh, described, Rodri. So a lovely country uh, with lovely people worthy of an adventure. You know, it's not a beach vacation. (laughs) It really is an adventure to take uh, a trip to a place like Mongolia. So we, uh, we encourage that. Anyway, Audrey, thank you for being with us. You're way out west there in, in Mongolia. And um, how, how, how far are you from the capital city? I am about an 18-hour bus ride from the capital city. Okay. And those, is that the best way to get there? Um, so, well, there is flights. Um, but, of course, for the summer, the the there's maintenance on the plane so i have not personally gotten to fly out here because there's always been something wrong and so i take have taken the bus (laughs) okay and for for perspective when she takes the bus normally there's a paved road only part of the way and then there's often uh you know i don't know sometimes it goes all the way other times you just drive across the countryside and get to the city where you're going so a lot of fun but anyway thank you audrey for being with us And folks, thank you for being with us again here on Think Global. We hope that you have a great month of June. We'll be back with you in July. Um, We're thrilled to continue to talk about our world because our world is very fascinating. It is a fascinating place. So much to learn about the people of of, of the cultures of this world. I love it. Thanks for having me. Audrey, thanks for being here. Uh, We love having guests on the podcast. So we're going to keep doing more guests in the future. We have a new series starting in July that we're excited about. And um, yeah, thanks for being here. And thank you guys for listening. Tim, wrap it up. All right, John. Thank you again. This is Think Global, where strangers become our friends and friends become family. That's what this life is all about. Anyway, all the best to you guys. We uh, look forward to being back with you in July. Until then... Have a great summer.